So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, Smarter Vets. Welcome back to another episode of Smarter Vet Financial Podcast. We're so happy to have you here. My name is Tom Seco, one of the co-founders of Florida Veterinary Advisors, and I have a very awesome, exciting guest with me today. She's someone that's moving and shaking within the veterinary community, which is, uh, you don't find many people like that. And I feel like it's definitely, it's needed in today's environment of how things are changing so much. And before we jump into conversation, I do want to make sure I make a mention that uh, if you're someone who hasn't really taken a look, really good look at your financial life, or maybe you're looking for another second set of eyes on some of the things you're doing, uh, we have a video course that we've created that's no cost to you that you can go watch, spend your own time being able to go through it. There's five videos that walk through different steps on how to really be able to get the most control in your finances. Um, we call them the five foundational steps of financial balance which you can actually find the link to the, the video course in the description, or you can also go to series.flvetadvisors.com. What's really exciting today about our guest is that I think there's a lot of enlightenment for those out there who are feeling maybe a little bit down in the, you know, down in the dumps, you're looking for a little bit of a pick me up and some of the, the hope that really exists out there within veterinary medicine. Uh, and what I would like to do is I want to bring Dr. Cindy Barnes. If you've not heard her before, she's fantastic. And I'm glad, really excited to talk with her today. Uh, she's the founder of Shepherd Vet Software, uh, and she still actively practices as a small animal emergency veterinarian, which is pretty awesome. So Cindy, I really appreciate you joining me today. Well, I'm excited to be here and to talk with your guests and hopefully encourage them to um, find their financial freedom. Absolutely. Well, so I, I know there's probably some people who are very familiar with you because they've seen Shepard and there's some others that are probably wondering like, who, who are you? And it'd be nice if you can jump in and share a little bit more about, you know, your background and where you started and where you are today. I, I have a, a unique, diverse background. I've been in vet med since the mid nineties. You know, I started like most of us um, cleaning kennels and then moved in uh, to becoming a vet assistant and eventually a vet tech and eventually decided to become a veterinarian. Um, I'm a little bit of a, what they call a non-traditional student. I was married, am married, um, <laughs> and had five kids when I decided to become a veterinarian and go to vet school. Um, went to Colorado State University, graduated in 2012, so only about just a little less than 10 years ago. When I graduated vet school, I had spent the last two years of my career focusing on large animal bovine embryo transfer. I really wanted to be a large mm -hmm. animal vet and, you know, out of vet school, focused on large animal medicine, moved to Montana, opened a large animal practice for, you know, personal reasons. My husband just really didn't want to stay in Montana. So we ended up um, in a roundabout way, settling in Arizona in uh, Northwest Arizona, a little town called Prescott. And I ended up buying a small animal emergency practice and turned it into a 24 seven ER. And through owning that ER um, and going through various types of software, 
Um, that was around 2015, 2016. Um, it became painfully aware that the software offerings um, out there at the time were pretty um, abysmal. So I made the decision to start a software company. It just totally, it totally matches with being a veterinarian. Sure, right, right, right exactly. <laughs> I, I'm very much a, you know, if there's a problem, it, it matches, if you think about it, it matches being an emergency veterinarian because you see a problem and, you know, you, you diagnose it and you treat it. And that's basically what I did with software. Mm. Um, there was a problem, I triaged it, I diagnosed it, and, and now I'm treating it. And so I created um, Shepherd veterinary software. It's a cloud-based practice management um, system. My son was in design school at the time and, and he helped me co-found, you know, the company and he designed it. He's a millennial. He created an amazing design and basically, you know, we, we started the company together awesome. and, and that's kind of, you know, my background up to, to this point. And there's a lot of other things in between, but yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe for what... another conversation, we can, we can jump into some of that. I'm, I'm really fascinated too, because I've never learned from you. Where did Shepherd come from? Yeah, it's an interesting story. So when we were trying to come up with a name for the company, you know, he was in design school and he learned all these techniques you know, on how to come up with names. And we right. did all these mind games and, you know, put all these words up on a piece of paper and little lines going out. What does this mean? And connected here and circles there. And, and in the end, he basically just said, why don't we just call it shepherd? Like it didn't, it didn't come from any exercise. It just came from him. And, you know, both of us are Christians, we both are believers, and it literally, I feel like it was divine intervention. It was like, it, it had personal meaning to us. It mm -hmm. also had some meaning behind, um, you know, it, it guides you, it protects you, it, it just felt right. It, it had some connotation to an animal breed, um, but it also, it didn't have pet or vet or any of the, you know, names that are so prevalent in the industry. So it, it set us apart and, and it was perfect. Absolutely. I, I, I love it. We're finding a name for a company tends to be one of the hardest things to do. Yeah, um, it is. It's I'm like, in the middle of creating a new company right now. And we're, we're going through that right now. It's, it's painful. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I remember because we were trying to change the name from our company at one point or another. And then sometimes you can be so out there and in, in what it is that it's like people might not even yeah. have any clue what it is and it tends to push them away. And other times it can be too specific that it make, maybe it doesn't, it puts you in a category where maybe that's not what you are. <laughs> so we definitely wanted to differentiate ourselves from the common, you know, vets and pets and That's the good. things that you see in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely love that. It's great. So, well, since this is a, a, a podcast, I love it. We talk about a lot about financial stuff and uh, you know, from our conversation that we're having where there's a lot of times that people are going throughout their lives and there's certain things or decisions that they made that they look back on and they're like, wow, I, I really wish I had done things a little bit differently or at the time they wanted to do certain things in their life. And they were, Hey, I don't think I can ever do that because of the circumstances that I'm in. You know, 
what are some things that you've experienced over your life that you've felt like, Hey, I've had the same feelings. Well, I think more specifically, you know, I'd love to share with, with your community when I was in vet school, I mean, one of the reasons why I made the decision to go to vet school with five children was really just to, to change our financial trajectory in, in our family. My husband was, you know, a car salesman. He was paid on commission only, um, which was really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we were living in Southern California in Orange County. Um, it was not an inexpensive place to live, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. Um, and it was, it was tough. And, um, you know, and I was a stay at home mom and, working a little bit, um, as a technician, you know, um, after hours and evenings, um, and overnights and whatnot, but trying to still be a stay at home mom with all the kids when they were awake. So I never <laughs> slept. <laughs> Everyone always says, how did you do it? How'd you do it? I go, well, I never slept. And I still pretty much don't sleep, but, um, so I, you know, the goal was really to change our financial trajectory of our family and our legacy. Mm. And um, so when I got into vet school, um, I remember having a conversation with one of the, the larger lenders in the industry about practice ownership. And I said, you know, you know, how much of a role does your personal credit play in, in, lending for a, a new practice loan. And he was like, yeah, it, it plays a big role. You know, you, you need to have pretty decent credit to, to get a practice finance loan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was really hit hard by that. I just thought I'm never going to be able to own a practice. You know, we have questionable credit, even though we've worked really hard our whole lives, we've just really struggled financially. And it's not because we don't pay our bills. It's just the way the system is set up. And right. um, so I felt really um, shot down, like this is never going to happen for us. And I'm here to tell your community that that is just not the case. You know, I came out of vet school and the first thing I did was I went up to Montana and I sat down with a local bank. I went in with a financial model and I told them, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to build a practice. Your community needs it. It was a large animal practice. The only large animal vet in town stopped doing mobile, you know, um, house calls. They needed a house call vet. So I, I built a relationship with the, with the community bank. And I told them, you know, what I wanted to build and why I wanted to build it and why the community needed it. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, you know, they gave me a loan. So that was step one. Perfect. Step two was when I went to go build, um, you know, when I went to go buy my ER in, um, you know, and I graduated with, you know, over 350,000 ish of student loans. Like it, you know, this is with student loans. Yeah. I had a ton, of, had a ton of student loans. Then I went to go buy my ER in Arizona. Now I had a hundred thousand dollar loan out of Montana I had $350,000 worth of student loans. I still had questionable credit, <laughs> you know, and, and now I'm trying to buy a practice in Arizona, but it's all about, you know, what can you bring to the community and, and do you have your financial model in place? 
bring, you know, reach out to resources. I had, when I went to the, the bank in, in Montana, I had a vet colleague of mine that I went to school with who had an MBA. He built the financial model for me. Same kind of deal when I went to the bank in uh, Arizona, you know, I, I met with a financial planner, financial advisor, they put a financial model together for me. And they actually had a lender that they worked with. Mm-hmm. So that worked out really well. And they, and they were like, you know, we're going to get you this SBA loan. I did actually um, borrow a little bit of money from a family member that gave me that down payment, but that was the next step. And once I got into that ER and started, you know, making money right away because I built a successful practice, you know, I paid off, you know, debt quickly and and that just opened the doors um, to my financial freedom from then on out. So there's, there is opportunity. Doesn't matter if your credit is, my credit is amazing now, you know, I've paid off all my debt. I've paid off all my student loan debt. I've built multiple, you know, multi-million dollar companies, you know, I've sold my practices. I've, you know, I've, I've purchased multiple homes and there is opportunity out there. If you have student loans, you have questionable credit, you know, start building up your credit, get secured credit cards and, mm-hmm. um, and work with people like yourself that can walk you through what it takes to, to build up credit and, and to start working towards your financial freedom. That's incredibly powerful. And I think for some of those who are listening, it's it's very enlightening in a world where it seems like, especially with the amount of student loans that people are coming out with of, wow, I can I do this? And some people are saying it's it's impossible. I, I don't know if it's my, my life no is way. completely. I know. And something that is it's lingering in the back of my mind as we're sitting here of what pushed you to do that because like, you know, you went to five kids, went to vet school, came out with 350. And now you're like, I want to go start a business. What, <laughs> what was your motivation, motivating factor behind that? Well, my motivating factor honestly was building a legacy for my family, building a legacy for my family. I mean, that was my motivating factor. I had five kids, you know, today, 10 years later, they're all married. Uh, I've got nine grandkids. I've got another one on the way. They're all going to continue to have children. So I'm going to have so many grandkids. So I've got this legacy that I, you know, I don't give them anything. They all work for it. I've built, (laughs) you know, I've, I've created in them, you know, that work ethic, but I do want to give them a legacy. And um, so when you graduate with that much debt, like I took all the student loans, we needed all the money to live on, right? And I just thought, if I'm going to go out and work for someone, like my first job interview as a senior veterinarian going and, and, I, and I did a couple job interviews before I decided to go work for myself, I think my offer was like $45,000 a year working as a, a large animal vet in Eastern Colorado. It was, it was a joke. I was like, are you kidding me? For, for what? $45,000? Like they, they were serious. And I just said, I, this is, I can't, I can't live like that. That's not going to happen. So I've got to go make it happen for myself. So my motivation was they're not going to do it for me. I got to do it for myself. You know, that, that was my drive. And, you know, I tell people 
take advantage of the system. You know, I went right into income-based repayment and I minimized, even though I knew I was accruing and then that, and sometimes that makes people's heads spin, but I knew I was accruing interest. I wanted to take advantage of minimal monthly payments while I was building my businesses because I knew eventually I was going to be able to make, you know, big payments and pay off that debt, you know, significantly. But in the, in the interim, I wanted to have little tiny or no payments at all while I built my businesses. Um, And so that's how I, I made it work. Absolutely. And well, that's something we encourage with so many people as well, where, the, the better that you can, when you're approaching debt in the first place, like try to go for yeah. the minimum payments that you possibly can to at least yeah. stay current. And then, you know, being yeah, able absolutely. to find, you know, what, what works for you from a savings and paying off debt and doing the, the goals that you want. And, you know, something that just, I find it so fascinating that you're like really about a legacy. And like, some people say that, and some people like, you know, I'm sure some who are listening right now are like, okay, legacy, cool. It sounds awesome. Like, what is it about a legacy that's very important to you? Well, you know, it was really important for me to teach my children to go after their dreams, to work hard, you know, to continue that legacy with their own children. So, you know, out of my five kids, every single one of them in their own way has gone and built their own legacy. You know, one of them is a contractor and he builds amazing homes. And, you know, my, my other son, you know, he's a co-founder and shepherd and, you know, he's an incredible designer and, you know, my daughter, she's getting her um, DNP in psychiatry and she's really excited about working with, you know, the mentally ill and my other daughter works in human healthcare. And then my, you know, um, my youngest son's a firefighter EMT and, but he's going to go on and become a PA. And it's like, they really saw what I did and they're taking that and running with it and they're building their own legacies. And I just, you know, I really wanted to, to instill that work ethic for generations to come. That's really cool. That's, that's awesome. When I hear people are, are about that because this, and that's the biggest thing about what planning or doing anything in life is really, you know, what's the intention behind it? Because especially yeah. like going to school to become a veterinarian, I know some, when I started off in school and when I went to go in finance, uh, you know, at first, like I, I started without having a really super clear direction on what I wanted to do. And I, I believe a lot of people tend to go that direction, especially in today's environment too. Like it's been encouraged and in, almost enforced in a way that you gotta, gotta do well. You gotta go to school. You gotta go get a degree. You gotta have some profession. I know my, my wife's family is they're all doctors or nurses or physical therapists. She's Filipino. So it's like, um, it's it's just part of the culture. And the most people, when they get out of school or when they get to a certain phase in their life, now they're like, okay, so what's next? Like, why are you continuing on the path of what you're doing? And it's just, not many people dream about that. And it's very inspiring to, to even for me, just even think of like, man, I've, I have a bigger intention of like what you're doing with everything you're doing to say, like, there's a reason behind this. And I'm not just doing it because it sounded good. <laughs> I have it for <laughs> intent. I'm very intentional about it. And I think that's a, yeah. a lot of people who are listening to this right now can pick up on of the fact of like, wow, that's, I, I probably should be taking a look at how I'm approaching my life even personally, professionally, all of that of 
what do I want? Like, why is this important to me? And I think that's incredible. And I'm, I'm curious from if you, if you could give anyone, like everyone on here that is listening, uh, just kind of a, a, a tip or something that you found to be very helpful to you throughout your life of just something that they could probably go do themselves. Like what's something that you would suggest that they do? Oh, goodness. Follow your passion. Follow your passion. I mean, that's the bottom line. I've had so many people tell me, no, don't Mm. do it. You can't do it. Why are you doing it? People close to me, very close to me. Oh, when are, you know, are you ever going to be done? Are you ever, you know, you know, when are you going to stop or you can't do that? So, you know, other people are going to shut you down. That's a horrible idea. Or you're going to take all the money that you just made in selling your practice and put it into a company that may or may not work. Are you insane? And it's like, listen, if you are passionate about what you are creating or what you think you can create, go with it, follow your passion. Even if you fail, you've learned and you can take that and go do something great with it in the future. Just because you failed once doesn't mean you're going to fail again. You know, Mm -hmm. you just keep getting up and doing it again and again and again. And I had a mentor um, that that helped me build my first practice or, or that I bought my ER. And, you know, when I when I took the software idea to him, he just was like, oh, hell no. (laughs) you know, he was one of these old school guys. And, and, and I was really just like, are you kidding me? But I didn't let that stop me. I just fired him and kept going, you know? And it's funny because I can see him checking me all the time on LinkedIn. Like, has she failed yet? Has she failed yet? It's like, no, I haven't failed yet, sucker. I'm actually wildly successful. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's, and then, and then when I sold my practice, you know, family members are like, take that money and run. And I'm like, no, I'm going to take that money and put it into my software company. And guess what? If the software company fails, I'm just going to go do it all over again and build another ER and make that money again, because I've got a blueprint that works and I know how to make money and I can do it again. So you know, it's, if you are passionate and you believe in what you are, that you want to go after, that's how you succeed. Your passion is what's going to drive your success. So, I mean, and and go find people to support you, go find people that are going to build you up and support your dream. I will tell you that so many people need to hear what you just said. And I love every, every bit about what you just said. So, uh, well, with all, with all of this being, you know, there's, there's probably so much more that we can talk about on this subject and, uh, speak and spend days upon days talking about this. And, uh, just to kind of wrap things up here from a conversation, and I'm just going to throw a complete curveball at you is nothing is what we're talking about. If, if you were thrown on an Island and you had to pick one food you could eat for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, that's easy. Chips and salsa. (laughs) Okay. So mild, medium or hot, uh, medium medium. Okay. Yeah. Right. I say it all the time whenever I'm eating chips and salsa. I mean, I grew up in Southern California, so I'm like <laughs> chips. I could live on chips and salsa. Like it's my favorite food in the whole world. Yeah. That, that used to be my, my dinner all the time before my wife and I actually moved in together and I'd get home from work in a long day. I'm like, what am I gonna eat for dinner? And you know, being a male, usually I'm not <laughs> very prepared on meals. So I could either have tortillas, yeah. pizzas or chips and salsa were my, 
my dinner all the time. So pretty much chips and salsa <laughs> and a little bit of a, you know, what do we call it? Um, oh gosh, what's the, the term for beer? Like when I was working on a lot of um, Is it cattle ranches. No, well, no, that's a Southern California term, but in cattle ranches, they call it, um, oh, I can't remember. It's like barley soup. <laughs> they call it barley soup beer. Yeah. Chips and salsa and barley soup. Yeah. Love it. I love it. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you joining me here today. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, Cindy. And, you know, everyone, if I, I, we really appreciate you being some of our active listeners. And if you haven't had a chance to yet, we'd really love to hear from you of what you're thinking about our shows. Give us some feedback. Um, if you listen on Apple or Spotify, you can actually go and rate us and give us a review. We'd love to, for you to share a little bit more love about us, be able to let others know about how great our shows are so they can be able to listen as well. Uh, and if you have any topics you want us to talk on, go visit our website and go fill out our contact us form because we'll make sure we can put it in circulation of the stuff that we're talking about. And in the meantime, my name is Tom Seco, wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. C.J. Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. C.J. Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veneer Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purpose only only guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. Number 2023163463 expires October 2025.